Why go to all the trouble of experiencing the great outdoors for yourself when you can listen to a few Northwest outdoor experts yap about it? This is the Three Rivers Marine Outdoor Line with Tom Nelson and Joey Pyburn on Seattle Sports Station. The Outdoor Line is brought to you by Yamaha, Sportco Outdoor Emporium, Weldcraft and Duckworth Boats, Roy Robinson RV, Kitsap Marina, Harbor Marine, Ray Marine, and Les Schwab Tires. Good morning and welcome to the Outdoor Line, streaming live on MyNorthwest.com. Don't forget about the live video feed on 710sports.com. And of course, the venerable V. Outdoorline.com with blogs, videos, podcasts, and so very, very much more. Happy New Year, Joey Piber. Happy New Year. Good to be back in the studio. Matt Nelson running the board, of course. We are, uh, we're, we're a new booth now. We are, we are, we are 100% Robbo free in 2023. We're missing one, yeah, one we're, fella. I don't know if we're missing him. We missing him yet? I kind of, I mean, I know we uh, miss Robbo. Uh, I, I talk to him almost every day. So, so well, yeah. Yeah. So so he's uh he's he's not in the booth but he's in the hearts of course he's still going to be part of the show but uh he has a burgeoning young family and a house full and of a, girls. That, he's got a basketball coaching he addiction. Does. He does. So good for him. Coach Robbo. Um yeah, uh I just I this has been a very 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 difficult uh end of the year with the loss, the sudden shocking and brutal loss of Dory Monson our 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 friend, our fishing buddy, uh, broadcast legend, just an amazing voice of reason here in the in, in the Seattle marketplace, and and just you know just a genius, just an absolute one of the biggest brain pans of anybody I've ever had the pleasure to meet. And uh, you know we're already making plans for some for some trips this year. We donated that uh, auction item for for Treehouse Auctions. We were talking about it and how we're going to do it and stuff and he was ready to get you know get come up to Sitka again and all the stuff we got to do and and you know he was an absolute pleasure to have on the boat Joey oh man are you kidding and you, you know for years listening to Dory on the radio and then to the, I remember the first time uh you know I get to fish with a lot of football players and and people with a little bit of fame and some radio f- show folks and uh and you were like oh Dory we're gonna take Dory out on the boat and I'm like holy cow you know, and I try. You you don't want to like be a fanboy, a weird guy, yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, but I'm like, oh my gosh, I get a fish with Dory Monson, and I told my wife, and she she's a huge Dory fan, loves Dory. Uh, she was so jealous. She wanted to go fish with Dory, which eventually, oh yeah, um, she got to do. Uh, but just just an amazing guy to to finally meet him and and be able to sit down on that big Yeti cooler on the back deck and spend some time with him. And watch how excited he was to to be on the boat and fish. And he was he was becoming a hardcore. He was he was he got the addiction, dude. And uh, it was just fun to well, spend time with Dorian. And he's going to be missed. And and um, he would take the day off for absolutely nothing. Nothing. He would never take a day off. And, but and he'd and take the, a day off to w- go fishing when, on the sea beast. When he started doing that and and started actually stepping away and getting some rest. I mean. You know, all of us who knew him and loved him thought that this was maybe the step in the right direction, that he would just, you know, step away from the stress and everything. I mean, I said for years, I did not know how he stayed that dialed in to this awful, hurtful, divisive news, news cycle that we've been stuck in, you know, for yeah. for, for a long time now. And, and uh, I, just the stress of it just... It, That's you know, got to wear on you. And you, you know, I, I told... Uh, over the since Dory's passing, I've talked to just so many of my friends and and people, family members that 
loved Dory. They felt like they knew him. They've listened to him sure. for years. And uh, and I, I said, man, you know, I can't imagine doing th- five days a week, three hours of radio with that kind of content. I go, I start getting ner- nervous on Wednesdays. And we're talking about yeah. fishing and hunting, right. like something yeah. that I love and I'm very passionate about. And, and it's fun and it's exciting uh, to have to constantly be tuned into just the nonsense of politics and, and uh, the way this state is run, uh, you know, stress, stress, constant yeah. stress. Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, and, and one of the coolest things about my radio experience now, which, you know, I'm in my 20th year between, you know, between KJR and here now. Um, is the people that you, that come into your lives and you get to meet and you know and you and I are friends because of the radio. But you know when when we came over here, we had an all station meeting and and Robbo and I go sit in the back of the room, you know, because you know, here's all these people. Here's the Kevin Calabro, and here's, yeah, you know, and, and Dory's in there and some other people. We're just kind of sitting in the back. Now. And Brock Heward came down and sat right between Robbo and I. Sure. We're like, hey, you know, and and we started talking about fishing like immediately, mm-hmm. right? And so, of course, you know that's that's added up to a um, you know wonderful long term friendship with with Brock now, and and then you know Brock started like it's I, I want to say it's Brock's eleventh or twelfth year in Sitka, and um, halfway through it, he goes, "Listen, I, I'm thinking I'm going to bring Dory Monson up here." And I go, "Absolutely, bring him," you know, and so. And I, you know, he didn't know that he'd like it, and, and he and he absolutely did, and he talked about it just continually, and and, uh, and we're going to talk about him. Uh, it's just, it it hurts. He was it, loved, dude. And he will be missed. Yeah, and, absolutely. And, um, so this one's this one this one's going to take a while. Yeah. This is this has affected the the whole community, this whole building, you know, to a, to a tremendous degree. But we're gonna we're gonna work through it. Dory Monson, we we loved you, and Suzanne Monson and their family. You know, I uh, I just. It's it's a blow, and they happen it so, it, so and, very suddenly. And I heard it quite a few times on the tribute show. Gut punch. Oh, just it just took yeah took the air out of you. Yeah, with, without question. Uh, we got a brand new year to talk about here. One of the things that I know that that, that you and I are absolutely fired up about is uh, is, is our our beloved winter blackmouth. We're uh, we're t minus three weeks away from uh from getting uh getting some downrigger balls wet and, yeah. and uh getting down there in marine area 10 oh, man. we got a few more encounters to work with this year we're going to run through all that stuff in the northwest outdoor port and and to walk us through um that fishery we're gonna we've got none other than justin the human waypoint wong gonna yes. join us here and and uh he, dude, he is an absolute master at at mooching in 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 the sound and, and really anywhere. He, he brought his program out to CQ last last March and just whooped up on him too. Yeah, and, and Justin is a stick. Uh, and you know, like I've said it many times on the show, I I watch that boat. You know, he you know he's on top of the fish, <laughs> dude, right? He just knows the where they just, are. Justin, the waypoint, and long, his dude. whole crew. Yeah. You know, he's got two oh, yeah. other boats out there, yeah. and those guys are dialed in. And he just and he's been fishing. Murderers. He's been fishing down in thirteen yeah. this, this past week too. So always going all great, to, great to get his take as well. Todd Daniels uh, going to jump in uh, later this hour, of course. Uh, uh, TallTalesGuideService.com, dot com one of the one of the better sticks around too, and and he spent some of the recent time you know patrolling the Skykomish and looking looking around here and there for for some steelhead. It hasn't been a great season locally. And I think one of the benchmarks that's that's somewhat concerning is WDFW came out yesterday with one of their patented 459.5959 news items that closes the Nooksack system mm-hmm. as of today due to depressed hatchery numbers on that system. So that that doesn't that's not a great way not a great um, not a great indicator 
for the hopes and desires we have to maybe get a Skagit season. You know, you can't really hang your hat on hatchery mm. and wild fish abundances, um, but it's going to be interesting to see because, man, I really want to see that 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 Skagit fishery open on up. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. Are you kidding? We didn't get to fish it last year, and, and um, you know, the, the, the forecasted number is a little over 5,200 fish for this, this year. So I, I feel like we're going to get a fishery yeah. on Skagit. I hope we do. I, I would love to get up there, even if it's a very short, short window, I'd love to get back up on the Skagit. Yeah, no question about it. And then, of course, uh, rounding up the show. Another and, ringer. Another ringer, absolutely. The the Austin Moser, Moser All-Star Show here. Yeah, yeah we, we, got to go, um, we got to go fish with Austin uh, right d- during the Christmas break, right? And, and uh, we right, the few days right before Christmas, well, we rolled over there on the 19th. Mm-hmm. Just in time for the coldest stretch yeah. in Washington history for the past 15 years, 20 years. It, dude, it was cold. It's hard to fish when it's that. Oh, Nothing it, works. Your yeah. line freezes. Your reels freeze. It's just, and it's it's miserable. It, my hands were cold. Yeah. My nose but, was cold. My ears were cold. My feet were cold. But we made some new friends. <laughs> we made some new friends at <laughs> Jess Ford in Grand Coulee, right? Yes. All right. So we're going we're gonna to relive our frozen fingertip experience in Rufus Woods. But I tell you what, where do you taste that smoke? Triploid, holy mm-hmm. smokes. Give us 90 seconds. We're going to be right back here in the Outdoor Line. Seattle Sports Station 710 and the Seattle Sports app. From the shining shores of Puget Sound to your radio, this is the Outdoor Line on Seattle Sports Station. And we're just kind of talking about our, our summer itinerary, you know, and and uh, getting getting everything going for FishBaronOff.com and, and your rotation up there. And then looking at the rest of June and that, that, that Father's Day 2023 trip is june 18th through the 21st i hope you can make it up there with us go log on to peregrinelodge.com that um that's gonna that's gonna be an amazing amazing trip but you know that's when things kind of slow down a little bit you get to catch up on a few things and it's before the boat show hits and all you know all the stuff hits you know i really i try to get everything dialed in and get you know everybody's trip set and their itineraries were you know for sitka and and, um got an opportunity to talk to joel martin he's still got some spots available there in that fishery too i i this is going to be a special year in southeast man when when you look at when when you look at all the uh you look at all the forecasts that were that we've seen already come out for not just spring chinook on the columbia but also we're starting to see some of the fall numbers dude gonna be a good one should be loaded with chinook up there yeah Um, last year was a little weird that they just bounced around southeast. I think they just kind of took hit the highway yeah. and scooted down. Um, but I'm, that's got to be a pretty rare occurrence that that happens. You it know? happened. It, it's it is bizarre. It happened in twenty. It, it happened in 08. It yeah. was a, it, it, it was the last time I really remember it happening. Was was it was in 08, and they just they just bounced. I remember there were years when my uncle Ron was fishing uh, up there out of Nootka. That they just wouldn't come inside, and, yeah. and, but they'd run out and they'd get them out there on the highway. And they'd whale on yeah. them out there, and and we did kind of that that program up there too. So yeah, no no question about it. We did actually get to go fishing in uh, in over in Rufus Woods. We took off uh, just before Christmas, like December nineteenth, and, and rolled uh, over to see our good friend Austin Moser. Saw a lot of single digits oh, on the man. on the we, thermometer was, in the it, truck, and he was he was going, oh man, it's going to be cold in the morning. So we're all <sighs> dude. We 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 went to uh, you know we loaded up at. Uh, 
at, uh, at at went up to Holiday Sports there in Mount Vernon and got just every one of the biggest monster hand warmers that I could get and using foot warmers and stuff like that. Because, dude, we got out to the trucks in the morning. We were re- you know starting them up and everything. So the first night we, we go there, man, Austin's got to warm up his uh, his trolling motor to get it to go. Everything's frozen up in the boat. But, man, we... We we landed on them. We got a good batch of good batch of decent triploids it's that first this, day. This year is again. Last year there were a lot of little fish. This year is one of those years where I've seen now yeah. we've seen some fifteen pounders coming out of there. And which, I think Gogan got one that was probably twelve or thirteen, right? Yeah, it was, it was definitely a, over ten pounds. Yeah, I mean, it was a, a, a cranker. Yeah. Um, and those fit. Wait till you taste that stuff, dude. They, they smoke those triploids. The reason you know, and Kathy's looking at me like I'm nuts, which you know. Is you are correct. Yeah, but you know the thing of it is those those fish are at such amazing table fare that that uh, it, it's and and right now you know we're, we're kind of low on the opportunityometer right you know I mean there's just not a not a ton to do so so the roll over there is great so the first day we're set up and you you and I, we should probably shouldn't say this but we're we we had it was so cold that. His washdown pump was, you know, wouldn't we? We didn't want to put water in it because it was just going to freeze in the line before he use it. So we actually had to gut the fish in the, room, in the hotel room. <laughs> well, hopefully they're not. Listening they're not listening. Over there I don't at, think they're listening at, at to Grand the, Coulee the Lodge. Motel, but, um, but we so we got those, and, and I brought a soft cooler over just to kind of save room in the truck because we had everybody piled in with us. And uh, dude, we got to go out there the next morning, and they are all frozen. I go to start the truck, and my truck starts. Okay. And then it dies. Well, well, normally you let it run for 10 minutes, and it's got a timer. It'll turn off. No, it turned off all on its own. It's making this weird. It got down to minus 5 that night, and my diesel gelled up in that truck, and I had a dead truck. Yeah, so that was guys a get bummer up, to guys, miss a day on the water. Yeah, and I, so I called Austin. I go, dude, I, I can't fish today, dude. I, you know, I want to go home for Christmas, man. Let me get out of here. And so um, – there, there. We looked. Of course, there's a. I got. I'm a Chevy guy. There's only a Ford dealership in town, and it's just Ford there on um, on on Midway Avenue in Grand Coulee, and we got there just as they were opening up. And they took really good care. They of us. took. They could have told us to take our Chevy and yeah. hit the bricks. But yeah, exactly. They, they were very generous. They kind of, you know, without those guys, I don't know. We'd we still be there. To, We'd have had that thing towed away, and you know Austin was going to have to drive us home. Yeah, he was. Yeah. And 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 so the deal is with with Chevy's plan. The closest dealership would have been OMAC. Well, that's not closer for that's us. Further right? away. You know, I didn't want to. That's definitely not was was not going to be an option. So they go. So though we went to the nap. We called the Napa store in Grand Coulee for a filter because that's the best way to address it is change the fuel filter. And uh, they didn't have one, so Austin had to drive me to Wilbur, Washington, dude. Wilbur, mm-hmm. right? The, and but they had a filter, and then we treated the fuel. In in between the trip, there we we they told us to go park the truck because Austin had to tow me up to the dealership, and it, the truck would start for like forty five seconds, and then it'd kick off. Right? Well, that was enough to get it into the detail shop across the street that would, that, would, that they keep warm. Yeah, they cranked up the heat. to yeah, keep it warm in there. And by the time we got back from Wilbur, they could drive it into the dealership and they changed the filter and we were on. But dude, they Jess Ford took great care of us. If you're ever in that neck of the woods, go in and uh, tell them they're they're buddies of the Outdoor Line Radio Show. But that that was a bummer because you drive clear over to Grand Coulee. And we had that that second day. We had a morning goose hunt planned, 
and uh, you know, and 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 then we're going to go, you know, fish and get a, get a second load of triploids. But uh, we we got home. We we got a decent, you know, we got a few fish to to bring home and run through the smoker. But we it, did we did uh, that after that first day. We got off the water pretty early. Um, had some time, so uh, Gogs and me and Austin and Gogan's son and uh, Austin's buddy Brandon, you stayed in the room. Uh, take care of some business, and we. I, they, you made me kitchen kitchen we, gal. Yeah. I was I, I had I had marinated tuna, yes. and I was cooking dinner for you guys. So so yeah. we uh, we jumped in the rig and and took off and hoped we run into a coyote or two, and we got we got pretty lucky, and we actually we saw some chucker, so they let me out of the truck, and I ran up the hill after the chucker, and they all stayed in the truck where the heater was. And uh, the chucker got up, and I dumped one of them. And when I shot <laughs> in the valley below, there's a bunch of private land in off this road. This coyote takes off running. And he just hears the shot, and he's trotting away. Well, they saw the coyote. He ran over the hill. They drove up the road over the hill. Austin was able to get out. And he's running a, a, a suppressor on his rifle, uh, shooting a 6.5 PRC. And so that coyote, he, he's like 350. Austin shoots and shoots right over his back and hits behind him. But the coyote can't hear it with the suppressor. So he just hears something in front of him, yeah. turns, runs all the way back to about 228. Austin dumped him. <laughs> and then Austin and I had to hike all the way down in this valley in the deep snow and get him. But, you know, those winter dogs are like. Ah, it was the, a big like, one, dude. Big coyote yeah. and like six-inch fur. Yeah. Yeah. You just saved so how we many. Got a, we got you, a bonus coyote. There you go. And you just saved how many mule deer by doing that? Yeah, yeah, and, and then you saw, well, you didn't see, but we, we dropped down that valley. Well, all the mule deer are right down below that right now, yep. wintering out, and there's some, some young mule deer down there. And Yeah, those coyotes, when the snow gets deep like that, they'll run those those young, you know, first right. of the year mule deer down, and, and they'll just they'll, Fort- they'll wipe out the whole crop of them. Fortunately, that, that big, cold, deep freeze, arctic, blast what kind of dissipated right because i mean all across mule deer country holy smokes i mean there was minus 20s and minus 30s in montana you know minus double digits in in eastern washington that is hell on the mule deer anytime you get that anytime you get that snow um and it crusts it'll crust and then those super cold temps those mule deer have to feed you know if they don't if they're not feeding constantly throughout the winter with that cold uh, yeah. it, it makes it really tough for him to make it through to the spring, and yeah. so I, I don't know. This is going to be a rough one on the mule deer. This, this rough winter. one on the mule deer. We got a good snowpack though, so now we're we're stacking up a series of good snowpacks, right? You know, which is so very important. And keep your fingers crossed. I mean, we have had just a couple like minor high waters. I'll say the 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 spawning conditions this winter. Man, they've been really good, and there's been a bunch of fish in the group. You know, a bunch of fish putting eggs in the gravel too. Yeah, we didn't have so, like a big blowout. No, we didn't. Like a no, nor- we had a. Sometimes in November one. we'll have a yep. a massive. Well, blowout. don't you remember we're we're hunting geese last year? You know, year before last, rather 2020, 2021, and we had that seventy degree day in the goose blinds where yeah. we had all these freaking eggs in the gravel and stuff, and just freaking you know crushed them but we'll have good natural production this year so we'll see that echo in the forecast and over the next couple of years we will see a couple other things echoing in the forecast we got uh got some steelhead opportunity that's going to be happening in, in some of our southwest washington rivers no most notably the callus and kalama and uh we may have a little action coming up around here too here to tell us all about it todd daniels tall tales guide service here coming up next in the outdoor line seattle sports station 710 and the seattle sports app 
Welcome to the BOMAC Tech Line. BOMAC has all the gear for all your techniques, and SMI shellfish gear is simply the best. BOMAC, we catch big fish. Welcome to the Tech Line, presented by BOMAC here in the Outdoor Line, Seattle Sports Station 710 and the Seattle Sports app. Log on to the legacy historic website that hasn't been updated since the Bush administration. <laughs> TallTalesGuideService.com, that's the website of our next guest, none other. Then Todd Rivet Dog Daniels. What I did, is I was up? just scrolling through the pics in his uh, on his website, and I see there's smallmouth bass on there. There Todd. is. Holy smokes! Yes, yes. Todd Daniels. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. How, how you doing, buddy? You know, I'm doing doing fine, guys. I, I, I do something about that the website. First time I've seen time. a WordPress website in a long time. It says updated in 2015 on there, but but fortunately, you're still so stable. Everything on the website is current, so that's good, right? <laughs> <laughs> more or less, more okay. or less. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> How you guys doing today? Doing good, man. What's going on? So you you got to be kind of getting ready for your uh, your steelhead season coming up here. Yeah, yeah, we are. Um, you know, I call this you know the the calm before the storm right now. This is a you know new year. Uh, you know, twenty twenty three. We're getting you know new round of uh, you know opportunities coming up, and it uh, you know it's going to get going. You know quick and fast and and hard here and uh you know we're gonna hit it hard here pretty soon so you know i'm uh going through right now all my all my gear uh taking off all you know line from last fall on my spinning rods and things like that and uh you know getting our bobber dog rods all set up and uh you know ordering eight million beads and getting your eggs and everything ready to go hit this thing hard you know all the way right through you know about april um you know, we fished a, a few days uh, up here on the local creeks, you know, in the Snohomish system or whatnot. But, you know, uh, like we talked a couple of days ago, Joey, it's just kind of eh, around here. You know, it's just. It's not viable. You know, it's not yeah, something you can take. You, know, you, you can't take a boatload of guys out and count on action. I mean, the, the plant no. the plant coming back to the to the Skykomish this year, I think was only 50,000 smolts. And if you're, if you're talking exactly. about a 1% return from those smolts, you're looking at 500 fish, you, you know, I right. mean, it's just, it's not viable. And I think they have, they've um, maybe have 65 fish back to the hatchery. right? Yeah. Now. So, I mean, exactly, exactly. You know, I guess uh, you know, the, 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 the thing is it's open and there is a fish in there. Like, uh, uh, but that being said, though, too, you know, um, you know, best thing for guys to do there, just getting into the, the sport or whatnot and trying to look for places to go, uh, you know, the WDFW website, go to the Patrick Escapement. They update it every Thursday. Um, and you go and start looking at the returns going back to the, the fish hatcheries, right? And, you know, our focus is going to be down southwest Washington. You know, certainly the – the main focus is going to be the Calitz River for obvious reasons. Like you talked about the Skykomish River, you know, 50,000 smolt plant, which is, you know, just about nothing. Vestigial. Just, on, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. But the Calitz River, we're talking uh, just north of 600,000. Now you're talking. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, now we're going to see some um, fish come back. Yeah, you're going to see, see 6,000, 6,500, you know, maybe up to 7,000 harvestable fish right there. And something about those Callets fish, man, they come in large and in charge. They're good size. They're, they're, yes. they're healthy Columbia Trib steelhead, man. So, yes. so when, yes, when. In Basin Steak. Yeah, yeah, in Basin Stock. Yes. And, and I, I want to yes. talk to you about that, too, because we have historically way back in the day when when 
the when WDFW was sprinkling Chambers Creek stock around, and these are at an early, super early running. Um, you know, and even mm-hmm. Skamania mm-hmm. strain too, but, but, yep. but they started showing up and they started showing up in November, man. You could count Correct. on Thanksgiving weekend. There'd be some steelhead in the cricks. That is not the case anymore. And, no. and so, but, but now it seems like on the cow, it's one of the efforts that they're, they're, they're driving into is to take some of the early returning in basin stock coming down to the callets and interbreeding those with other early returners to try to bring the early, some some of that earlier run back. So maybe we do have a viable callets fishery in in, in January. Todd, is that fair? Uh, yes, yes, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. You know, they, there's uh, some articles came out and said they're trying to bring back the early return, and that's not necessarily true at all. Um, what? Yeah, you're a hundred percent right. Um, they're taking the January fish and spawning them now. This is their second year, I believe, doing it. January fish with January fish, February fish with February fish, and so on, in hopes to spread the return out over a course of, you know, say three, even four months of fishing. So I think most people would agree it's nice to be able to go down to a river, um, you know, in January, February, March, and hook three, four, five fish a day, as opposed to, you know, a two-week period where you hook 15 or 20, and there's nothing on either side of it, you know, so I think most people can agree with that, so, um, you know, this thing, <laughs> the, it's going to get going, it's going to go fast. The, the biologists would refer to that as a truncated run timing distribution. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's a big spike, dude. That's well, and, brutal. And, and so, obviously, yeah, we know exactly. that the, the, the cowlitz is going to be where a lot of the guys are going to focus, focus their efforts, but... But yep. there's a few other rivers down south that kind of get overlooked. Um, you know, I spent a yeah. lot of time as a kid on on the Kalama. Beautiful, beautiful river. Uh, and, oh, my gosh. You know, there's steelhead in the Kalama, too. Yeah, exactly, exactly. If anybody's ever, you know, driving down that way, just take go and drive up the Kalama River Road um, and check it out. There's this, you know, the, the, the road parallels the river, by and large, for miles and miles. And, oh, my gosh, it's it's amazing uh, up there and drive all the way up near the, the upper hatchery into the canyons and things like that. It's, it's so pristine and, and beautiful up there. It's uh, and you look at the, again, you go back to the hatchery escapement reports. Um, there's fish now that are going up there and that's also their uh, run timing on that river is a little bit later. Uh, so it's just getting going now. Um, you can look even a little bit further south towards the Lewis River and, you know, things like that. That's a big, that's a jet sled river um, or drift boat river if you want. You look at the Merwin Dam uh, counts. I mean, shoot, they already have 900 steelhead back. So, you know, just play around with that because there is, it's, it's not a one-trick pony. You know, there's less rivers to fish now for steelhead this time of year than there used to be. We all know that. But it's not over by any stretch. Right? No, and, and so, you could you could argue that we could steelhead are amazingly resilient and given an opportunity and given some decent water conditions like we've seen they they can really surprise you with with your with their ability to bounce back and that's definitely what we're what we're going to hope for just like the spring chinook have bounced back last year we saw a, 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 a spring Chinook run that absolutely busted right through the forecasts. Now the forecast for the for the Columbia system this year is up over 300,000 fish, 9,000 of which are headed for the Cowlitz River. What would you do with 9,000 springers in the Cowlitz, Todd Daniels? Mm-hmm. Uh, 
I am going to target them. <laughs> um, you know, that's one thing that's, that's, that's cool about this, you know, is as we get going here, you know, through January into February, uh, the steelhead, you know, picks up and gets better and better and better right into March. And uh, you always say, you know, you're fishing in March, you know, you're, you're floating your eggs or whatnot uh, around down there and targeting steelhead. And, you know, you get the middle end of March, uh, you know, certainly not every day, but uh, you're going to start picking up spring chinook doing that. You just, you do. Um, and then uh, you start hearing of other springers being caught. And, uh, you know, then by and large, you just start bringing your springer rods and, and start, uh, you know, spending a half a day or so, you know, targeting those things. And then going right on to April and May, you know, here we go. So there's, and then, you know, right on the heels of that is your summer run steelhead. Shoot, we got uh, a number of summer run steelhead in March last year uh, down there as well. So there's a good mixed bag coming right through. So, you know, again, like we talked about at the beginning here, it, uh, you know, the, the, the future, the future meaning, you know, the next, you know, five, six months is, is looking up. Uh, and I'm excited. And who doesn't like a nice fresh spring Chinook on their, on their uh, oh, barbecue or whatnot, right? Oh, yeah. my gosh. It's just, I mean, we, we fight over those fish that, you know, we, we, we've been fishing the last, last couple of years with Dave Lee, Three Rivers Marine, good friend of all of ours. And, and just yep. those springers that you, that you bring back from that river, <sighs> just absolutely amazing. I mean, you know, oh the, 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 the quality of those fish and, and just to see the numbers that are starting to bounce back. And, and I, but I'm yep. with you. I'm with you, Todd Daniels. I, I really see 2023 as, as, as a, as a really good year on a lot of different fronts. We've, the earliest forecasts we've seen on, on the salmon front. A- absolutely pointing that needle straight up. Um, mm-hmm. The the ocean indicator stoplight chart that we saw came out last month. Um, that's definitely trending up as well. You know, it's 2023 is yep. a humpy year, which is great for the industry. So, uh, yep. so yeah, I'm, I'm definitely exciting. I it mean, is, I dude. mean, anytime you get a forecast like this, it gives you something to look forward to. And then, you know, yep. let's hope that we blow right by this forecast and a, and a bunch more fish show up. I mean, that, exactly. that, these springer numbers have me really excited and I can't wait to get, to oh, get yeah. down there and fish with Dave again, man. That is so much fun. Yeah, but we got, we got some fun to have before yeah, that too. Exactly. And we got, you know, I mean, we're, yep. we're up, we've already started, started talking about, uh, you know, our Marine Area 10 opportunity. Mm-hmm. You, hey, dude, if you're around in February, you got to jump on board the sea beast. Let's go do that. Of course, we're yeah, got, yeah. we got CQ, uh, coming up with another 4,500 encounters on the table, Marine Area Five on March 1st. So, so we got we got def- go. we definitely got stuff to do be- between now and then. And then the, the the thing about you know January kind of slips by, you know in a <laughs> you know in in in, in, a, in a in a pretty good pace, right? But then here comes February, <laughs> and we're going to start and see some of the earliest forecasts come out in our Puget Sound Straits and and uh, and and DFO our Canadian forecasts as well. So yeah, man, definitely yeah. definitely not time to uh, take your eyes off the prize. There's going to be a lot of stuff going on. So when are you going to make yeah. your first scouting attempt or uh, or trip on down to the Callets and uh, try to greet some of those early winners coming back? Uh, probably the next couple of weeks, you know, we just, uh, uh, you know, go down there, you know, and, um, you know, we always go down there, you know, once or twice, you know, for, for me anyways, uh, you know, fishing a, a couple of days, get your gear dialed in and, and find out where the new snags are and things like that. <laughs> <laughs> it is nice to go down there, with, you know, just a couple of rods and, and, and lose, uh, you know, a couple of setups as opposed to have four or five, six rods go through and bust everything off and start over. Right. Um, so, 
we do that. You know, you get a few things dialed in, and uh, you know, I got some guys that uh, you know want to get those early returning fish because you know as we've talked about that, uh, you know, those things are nice and bright chrome, and and yeah, they're full of piss and vinegar, and they they fight like nobody's business. So, you know, I, I, I'm with you with a with a nine or ten thousand Springer Chinook Springer forecast um, on the on the collets. I, I mean, yeah. you're going to see yeah. bigger runs have bigger tails on their bell curves, and so you're going to see a lot of a lot of earlier returning individuals on a big run. So I'm with you, man. Yeah, it, it exactly. would not it wouldn't exactly. it would not amaze me to hear somebody mm-hmm. tell us of a Springer late next month. You know, and, yeah. and I mean, hundred percent, yeah, hundred percent, right? And uh, yeah, exactly. And you know, because those guys in the in the lower rivers, they'll start plunking. Um, you know, soon actually down there. You know, those guys are religious about it, right? <laughs> Dude, and, it is. Uh, those know, guys in the and, lower, the guys in the Willamette. I'm telling you, yeah. they they go out, they go out, they start targeting these things in January, and they'll just go troll around. You know, Multnomah Channel and all that, all that kind of stuff, and just they will absolutely. It's it is. It's a cult, dude, because they want to be the oh, first is. one to hold up a Springer. Next. I love hearing about the first one. Oh, it is. Like, it gets like, everybody so excited. It's like a hostage pick because they'll hold up the Portland, you know, the Portland newspaper yes. right yeah. next with with the fish just to prove that's the day they caught it. So, yeah. Oh, man. yeah, exactly. I've had the pleasure of eating a January spring chinook a couple of years ago, and oh my gosh, yeah. I mean, it's it's meat that melts in your mouth. It's yeah. the most amazing fish you've ever had. No doubt. It's crazy. Oh, my gosh. You want to join Todd on a southwest Washington River, go hit talltalesguideservice.com. Todd yes, Riverdog Daniels, thanks for checking in, buddy. We'll talk to you soon. Later, buddy. All right, boys. Have a good day, man. All right, man. Take care. Take care. All right. Coming up next, we're going to pop out. We're going to come right back at you with Raymarine Picks of the Week right here for the first show of 2023, January 7th. Right back. Raymarine Picks of the Week here in the Outdoor Line. Seattle Sports Station and the Seattle Sports app. Welcome to the Outdoor Line Picks of the Week, presented by Raymarine Electronics. Don't just go fishing, go hunting underwater. Raymarine, simply superior. No matter what's ahead, Raymarine stands behind you. For over 80 years, Raymarine's built rugged and dependable marine electronics that serves as your trusted guides beneath the surface, above the clouds, and over the horizon. Raymarine gives those who dare to set their course under the unknown the tools to navigate it with confidence, the freedom to leave doubt in your wake. Raymarine and Raymarine.com. We're going to be running this stuff pretty quick, dude. I got a new sonar module, which is going to uh, clean up the signal a little bit. And mm-hmm. also, there's a new uh, there's a new software update coming out too, Raymarine 4.3, baby. So uh, Lighthouse 4.3. So that's that's going to be interesting as well. And with our season coming up here, this is the time. Oh man! If you you know, there's not much going on right now, so it, duck season's kind of winding down. Um, time to get your boat tuned up. I talked to Bubba yesterday. No, he's, I, want, I was I was looking he's for like full a, on in. I was looking for a clam squid report, and you know, obviously our clam season just just didn't you know we, so end up happening this year. We you know, the Demoac acid on, right. on the coast it just it, it's just uh, it's a mess. You know, no razor clams until the no razor clams uh, until further notice. And then the squid thing, the squid are out there, but there's the bait hasn't moved in, so it hasn't been great squidding. So Bubba has got his boat. He's doing maintenance. Uh, when I talked to him yesterday, he's like, oh, I've been working on the boat all day, just going in the house to take a break. But, man, this is the time to, to tear into your boat, make sure everything's working right. Because, uh, look, we're going we're gonna to be on the water here February 1st. And if you you don't want to be one of the guys who didn't do your maintenance, didn't get your boat that is you know, so true, tuned dude. up, and then <clears> – <throat> Guess so, what? You're watching us out there, and you're sitting on the bank. And and so that's why it's so wonderful to work with an outfit, you know, like 
you know, like Three Rivers Marine and like and like Duckworth as well, because you know this is going to be season four for the for the Sea Beast now, and that's my stop loss with batteries. I do not go beyond four years with batteries in a boat. I just don't. So so all all the batteries are have been replaced and uh, cleaned up a cleaned up a couple things here and there. Can't wait to go uh, go pick it up and get it get it dialed in, put it together because just you know getting it back from that work. Now you got to now it's time to get the fishing gear back on it which is a great time to get your stuff organized and so you know you got out you got you got shops like like Sportco like Outdoor Emporium like Harbor Marine you know and and like uh you know good old Kevin John up at Holiday Sports I I brought all our level wines up there and he went through them cuz he's he is the master at tying top shots and and it's that that whole way we fish with the spool of braid and and big 50 pound 50 foot top, top shot. shot sticks in those releases and and increases our land ratio in, and I, in my I, opinion. one thing I like about it when we you know we have so many people come on the boat who I mean you know aren't they're not expert fishermen uh, some of them are first time fishermen I like here I can hear when the the little knot when goes the, through and yep. I know top, top shot so you and I might be scrambling around doing something you hear it, and, and, One and of us everybody will, will hear it. it. Yeah. Top shot, and then you know that fish is within forty or fifty feet, and it's time to make sure you got the net and you're ready to put that fish in the net. Yeah, because I mean, there's a lot of stuff we, you know, that we got to organize on that deck. Get the, you know, you got to get the downrigger balls up. You got to, you know, get all get all the other gear clear and sure. all kind of stuff. This, so. is the, this is when you know if you're running uh, cable, cut cut those <laughs> connections off. Redo your cable on your downrigger. So make many. sure you know, make sure that stuff's all up to snuff because the, listen i'll guarantee you guys are going to go out there they're going to unhook their downrigger ball yep. from the hook yep swing it out it's going to go plunk and keep on going and, it, and it's gone yeah and, and now you're re-rigging when so you should be fishing the worst thing that that you can do to a boat is let it sit let it sit because those downrigger wires even are your downriggers yes. your downriggers you want to plug them in make sure they work test everything your connections all that stuff you know it it's no matter how much you fish and keep your boat on the water and you're constantly using it, look, things are going to corrode. You're going to have the, the green monster. You got to – this is the time to test all that stuff and make sure you're ready for the season. There's no question. Dude. And then once I mean, it starts, look, uh, you just – you run it every day you or you're, you you're out and, there and, on the water and, and there's things a, continue to work. There's and a maintenance. Fail, you fix them. Bingo. There's a maintenance aspect to fish in that boat, right? Yeah. You didn't even think about it. You're just, you know, you're going to handle it and do it. But, but getting back to that whole, that whole top shot thing you mentioned, that it, I, I carry extra reels so I don't have to tie that knot, right? And, and that, that's the key because the, the, the least amount of knots or rigging that you are doing on the water adds up to increased amount of time your gears in the water. Well, and that's it's why we have six, efficiency. We also have six rods ready to go. Yeah. And look, there's days where you you blow through four of your mains. You can, and that's why you also have you know not everybody is Tom Nelson and has you know seven backup reels on the boat <laughs> under down under the hole and and six rods in the top. But you can definitely have you know you have your three mains, yep. have a backup, yep. and then maybe have a backup reel in case you have a failure on one of those rods. And then also keep a jig rod on board. Keep a couple jig rods. Keep a couple on board. jig rods on board, and that's that's one of the things. That, and and uh, I don't know where Bubba's at with that Puget Pounder prototype, but that's a that's a price point perfect jig rod, dude. We loved those things last year. Yeah, and that's the nice thing. <clears throat> Look, I know stuff. It, it's more and more expensive every day. 
but man, that rod is priced really well, oh. and they're they're little, you know, one piece jigging rods. Yep. Get yourself a little line counter reel. Have that thing set up and ready to go. And I, I talked. We've changed a lot of guys' program. Oh, we messed them up. Well, dude. Be, because it works, it man. Does. You know, it absolutely works. If you can switch that troll bite into a vertical bite. Uh, man, you can be so much more effective because once you find those fish, if you can sit on top of them yeah. and just pound on 100%, 100%. them. 100%. And, and we've got Justin Wong coming up in the next segment. And and Justin and I had this conversation too. You know, look, man, there's three basic ways to, to, to hook up on a salmon in Puget Sound. You can mooch, you can jig, you can troll. All mm-hmm. right. You can run soft tip rods that have enough length and troll with mooching rods. Okay. Mm-hmm. So then if you are if you're set up with with snap-on sinkers and and you know have everything made off to 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 snap swivels, you can switch over really really quickly from a troll to, to a, a mooch. mooch. Okay? I mean it's one you disconnect yes. that flasher and you connect your your uh mooch and weight. Yep. And you're already I mean if you have a, that stuff ready to go too, just but know that you may be switching over. But the action you need for jigging is not the same rod that you can mooch and troll with. Mm-mm. It is absolutely not. And the reason is you are providing all of that attraction motion into that jig. And if you're doing it with a 9 or 10-foot soft tip rod, you've got to move that thing all over the place to get that jig to move. And then you, you don't have any stiffness in that rod to set the hook. Okay, So shorter, stiff one-piece rods for those jigs and longer graceful herring rods for mooching and trolling and that way you have you have the action to cover three different fishing techniques in two different sticks. all three fishing different fishing techniques that you really need to, to catch salmon here in puget sound yeah and then the trick is you need to recognize that set of conditions that indicates the use of that technique so so let's just you know let's run through a scenario here real quick that, that we're, it's, it's our first day in Area 10. We haven't been out there. Mm-hmm. We don't know what the heck the deal is. What are we going to do? The we're going to mo- troll around. We're going to troll and go find them. Yeah. And, and, and the most efficient way to, to look for them is that we're looking for surface, we're looking for birds, we're looking for st- stuff, but we're going to put the downriggers down and go grind around and go find them. Then, okay, here's some bait. Okay, oh, wait. here. Okay, now there's a bunch of bait, right? Well, and, and then once you find that bait, if you find actively feeding fish and they're on the bite, and you'll make a pass through there, you're going to whip around. You're yep. going to go right back through it. Yep. You catch another fish, now you know those fish are on the bite. Let's switch over. Yeah. Let's go to the mooch and sit on sit right on top of them. Don't let anybody else troll over. Yeah. <laughs> you sit block. on them and just you, go, you... Pull the boat sideways, just corral them in. Yeah. But, yeah. but so, so when you said something really, really key there, to me that is the number one advantage to having a, a, a transducer of a known pedigree and really good chirp marine electronics is it's not just an amorphous weird blob. Okay, there, there, there's something down there. No, dude, we see herring and we see fish inside. We see chinook inside yeah. that. Those so, bait sometimes balls. you see the, you see like the bait ball, and then you actually see where the fish is pushing in and baits actually yep. create, it's creating a space in yep. there. So one of the, and, and so we're, we're both brushing up our PowerPoints for the Seattle boat show coming up here, you know, less than a month now, three weeks out, mm-hmm. we're going to have the boat show. And so, and, and, and in my seminars, I have specifically a sonar ID of bait species because over the years we've seen all these marks on the sounder and then we've caught fish 
and we've identified what's in their guts, right? And it takes a long time to be able to do that type of display interpretation, right? And so it it's it's kind of a graduate level sonar interpretation deal, and that's 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 in a number of my powerpoints because it, it, it is very very important to learn what your marine electronics are telling you. It's there. It if you just have it on the boat, great. It's going to tell you your bottom. It's going to you know kind of give you a clue. But once you start really studying that display, and there's more information on there, then you know how to interpret, mm-hmm. and that's and, your challenge. And when you see it over and over. And I remember the first time I fished with you, and I could see the my banana my banana sinker going down, <laughs> and I could see my herring twir- like a little yeah. little spirally yeah. twirly thing going down. I go, "What the heck? Holy yeah. cow!" And now, you know, we're watching when we're when we're jigging, we're watching our jigs, yeah. we're watching the fish come up and look at them. We're right on top of them, and. You know, that's when it, it's like so exciting. It is, but because you can totally trust in your electronics. Yes, and you can rule out feet. You can rule out lifeless water. Yeah, right. We don't fish clean screens very often. There's a very, you know, unless we're in an area that there's fish moving through, and we know it. You are fishing, especially you know when when Area Ten opens up. You're you're fishing something of a captive audience. Blackmouth, by definition, are migratory. But for the day that you are there, those fish. Are, were there yesterday, and they're probably going to be there tomorrow. Whereas on the other hand, if we're out at Mid-Channel Bank or somewhere else, those fish are transitory. You will not see the same fish every day because they're 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 on their spawning run, right? Mm-hmm. So it's a different type of wider or, or, or larger um, ranging migration that you're trying to fish in, in the spring and summer than you are in the winter. Those these these blackmouth are more residents, right? So they're going to stay there. So so you can fish. A clean screen on a migratory situation, but not a residential situation. No, and, and you, I mean, you might not see Chinook on that screen, but the key in the sound is stay on the bait. Yeah, so no If question. you got bait, stick on the bait. We are going to, uh, I don't know of a better guy to really talk about this with than our next guest. Justin Wong, SeattleSalmonFishing.com, also known as Cut plug charters. Justin, the human waypoint Wong, joining us next during the outdoor line. Seattle Sports Station 710 and the Seattle Sports app.